Support for this show comes from Factor. Even with the best intentions, it can be hard to eat well. It takes time and effort to plan and cook nutritious, delicious meals. But Factor's ready-to-eat meals can take away some of the work by delivering pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved meals right to your door. With options like keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and more, you'll have a ton of nutritious and flavorful options to help you glide through your day. You can head to factormeals.com slash switched50 and use code switched50 to get 50% off. That's code switched50 at factormeals.com slash switched50 to get 50% off. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So I got this email from a listener the other day. Listener says, the nagging question is really about how much real influence the artists have on the final song compared to the often uncredited songwriters and musicians. Ah. I know, right? Okay, interesting question. This is a timeless question that we would do well to delve into, Charlie. So why don't we pull back the curtain and see if we can find the little green man? Is the little is the Wizard of Oz a little green man? Um it's a little man. Maybe he wasn't green. <laughs> Welcome to Switched on Pop. I'm musicologist Nate Sloan. And I'm songwriter Charlie Harding. Charlie, let's break down this question that we got from a listener. You mean the ghost in the machine? Right. How can we give any agency to these pop musicians when we don't know who's pulling the strings, so to speak? And and so I'm hearing this listener experiences some sort of tension as an appreciator of music between the marketed product and the actual creative process. And that creative process is so shrouded in mystery that we have to devote an episode to it and try and find out how the sausage gets made. Right now, the best example has got to be Swedish producer Max Martin, right? This mysterious figure who has come up on our show multiple times, either directly or indirectly through songs we've covered from Taylor Swift's Blank Space to The Weeknd's I Can't Feel My Face. We've even talked about Backstreet Boys songs. Not much is known about Max Martin other than that he was in a hairband in the 80s and that now he's a big-time producer because he doesn't do interviews and he really chooses not to have a public persona. Right. Despite this, he has made his mark in the pop sphere for over 20 years making more number one hits than any other artist except for Paul McCartney and John Lennon. That's insane. 20 years dominating the pop charts. Unprecedented. But he is a ghost in the machine. And what I'm curious about is, do you think that we could find his fingerprint? 
if we went into the music, do you think we could actually find that thing which marks a Max Martin song? For this one, I think we're going to need some help. Bring in the heavyweights? We're going to need some backup, yeah. We have John Seabrook, author of the new book, The Song Machine, Inside the Hit Factory, who probably at this point in time knows more about the reclusive Max Martin than just about anyone else in the world, not named Taylor Swift. (laughs) I love this book because Seabrook himself goes into the studio, gets to talk to the musicians who've worked with Max Martin, and in the process gets closer than most people to Max Martin, and I think is going to help us find that fingerprint in the music. Hi, is this John Seabrook? Yes, it is. Hi, Nate. How do you explain the prominence of Swedish producers and Max Martin on the American pop charts? Well, I think it has to do with about three or four different things that all kind of work together. They have great music education. Uh, The state makes instruments available. Private lessons are free. So they come out of school with a much better knowledge of music than American or, or British students do. That helps. And also they're, they're tech, techno savvy as well. Uh, and, you know, because so much of the music is programmed, uh, that gives them a big head start too. Right. I, I think the main thing is this ability they have to combine R&B and pop in a way that uh, American and British songwriters are less able to do because of the uh, racial legacy of those terms. You know, if you think about how rhythmic pop has really become the kind of mainstream pop music, much more sort of rhythm-driven, dance-driven pop music that you hear on the radio today, I think that is the Swedes, uh, and that's the main reason. They also think that their lack of finesse with English helped them as songwriters because they didn't get focused on double entendre, metaphor, wit. Uh, Instead, they listened to the syllables of the words and thought about how they went with the melody and didn't worry too much about what they meant, even if they didn't actually make sense. Uh, and you see that, you know, most most classically, maybe with the Backstreet Boys song, I Want It That Way, which is a Max Martin tune, right. which actually literally doesn't make sense. The, the verses say he does want it that way. I want it that way. And then the chorus says, I never want to hear you say I want it that way. <laughs> I never want to hear you say Uh, And when the Backstreet Boys actually heard it, they said, well, that doesn't make sense. Uh, We have to re-record it. And they they did re-record it. And then they listened to both versions and they still decided that the one that didn't make sense was better because the words fit better with the melody. And so, you know, it sounds counterintuitive that somebody's lack of English would actually be an advantage. But I actually think it is in in this case, and uh, and that's what Max Martin calls melodic math, where you sort of match up the syllables with the melody, and uh, and it doesn't really matter so much what it means. So, so I think all those four things kind of combine to to make the Swedes really very successful. A twenty-year career at the 
the heights of the pop industry is remarkable. And in your book, that's maybe even more remarkable for how low of a profile Max Martin has been able to keep. Not in the book, but I, I noticed maybe a week ago that you you tweeted sort of a rare sighting of Max Martin in a Taylor Swift sort of behind the scenes video. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's how it's like spotting a, a Yeti or something. Right, uh, right. Or a, a white leopard or something. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's, a, it's amazing. I mean, that's obviously another reason for his success is that he has never confused him in his mind about whether he wants to be the artist or whether he wants to be the songwriter, uh, whereas you know most American songwriters that I've met uh, do want to be the artist. And uh, you know, Max Martin does. I mean, and the incredible thing about Max Martin is that he does have a fantastic voice. He sings all the demos himself, and he insists that the artists follow the demos as he sings them very closely. So in a way, they're kind of like covering. Max Martin songs, but no one's ever heard the originals except except for the artists. You know, uh, we all know the songs, but we've never heard the master, the, the author, actually sing those songs. I, I wonder if this also comes back to a certain some some particularly Swedish quality of oh, you do. You, you, there's a word for this in your book, which I can't remember now. Jantelagen. Yes, Jantelagen. The laws of Jant Jante, I guess. Yeah, it's actually a Norwegian concept coming comes from a Norwegian novel, but yeah, it's essentially um, that the individual should not be celebrated for his unique gifts, but the group should be celebrated for for the collective gifts that the individual gets to share, and that's the basic concept. You describe Max Martin's sound, I think, very rightly as chameleon-like. He's able to adapt both to the artist he's working with and to whatever is the current musical trend dominating the pop market at, at, at any given moment. I'm curious if you feel that there is nevertheless some distinct profile, some distinct sonic touches that are a giveaway that let you know, oh, this is a Max Martin song. Does he have some some stamp or some signature that might still be detectable? That's a great question. I've actually thought about that, and you know, I I thought about it because I um I made a medley of like all the hooks from the from the hits, the twenty one Billboard number one hits, and just the three second hook and put them all together into like an eighty second like medley and 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 so you can listen to them all and and when you listen to them all straight through you definitely feel like there's a consistency in and you know, I mean, it's hard to say that it's actually in the chords or in, in the melody itself. It's more how the hooks come in the songs and how the songs are structured around them. The choral hook almost always comes between like 40 and 47 seconds. It's like uh, very regular uh, in terms of, you know, in the older songs, it's a little bit later. But, you know, everything from like Since You've Been Gone is basically the the choral hooks hits at like 43 seconds and you know it's it's that old max saw don't bore us get to the chorus right 
that's the Max Martin approach. And so, you know, and the, I think since you've been gone really is the, the one essential breakthrough pop Max Martin song because um, it brought the indie rock sound and the Euro pop chorus of the 80s together in, into one song. It basically like fused the 90s and the 80s, you know, in like one song. And that's sort of the template, I think, for everything going forward. That's fantastic. All right. That's beautiful. You've given us some great uh, lines of analytical inquiry to pursue now. And it sounds like we definitely have to investigate since you've been gone as sort of the fulcrum of his pop career. I feel like it is. And also, if you re- it's, a, it's a really cool study in the book because, uh, you know, it comes from the song Maps. Uh, they were listening to Maps by Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. And, uh, you know, Max was saying, I love this song. I love how it goes to, like, you know, intensity of five. Oh, intensity of seven. But then the chorus comes and it goes back to five. And it was driving him totally crazy. And then, then Dr. Luke said, well, why don't we just put a big chorus on it? And you can actually hear the riff in the song that they build that chorus out of. That becomes Since You've Been Gone and, and it's no longer an indie song. Since you've been gone, since you've been gone. It's a pop song, but you know, it definitely, if you hear the, if you listen to the two songs together, you can totally hear where that song came from. So I, I would say like structurally, the songs uh, do, uh, have a lot in common, you know, uh, but in terms of, you know, uh, melody, uh, they don't really, and, you know, things always, I mean, he, one of the reasons he's lasted is he doesn't fall into a regular pattern. He does continue to surprise you. So like, in a way you could say like blank space, the actual silence that the song starts with, then that, that, that comes after right. each of the choruses is also a kind of a weird like anti-hook hook you know it's it's like the blank it is the blank space i guess i got a blank space baby and i'll write your name john seabrook thanks again so much for talking to us your book the song machine is in stores now and it's a must read for anyone interested in the market and the meaning of pop music all right nate thanks a lot man Support for this show comes from Factor. Tired of grocery shopping, of meal prep, the dread of what's in your freezer when you're too tired to cook? Then you might just want to check out Factor. Their ready-to-eat meal delivery is fresh, never frozen, chef-crafted, and dietitian approved all ready to go in just two minutes. Factor has 35 chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals to choose from every week, including options like keto, calorie smart, protein plus, vegan, and more. Craving pancakes for breakfast? Want a smoothie for a midday snack? No matter what time of day or type of meal, Factor's got you covered. Factor let me try out some of their meals, and I was a huge fan of the garlic and herb roasted mushrooms with olive oil, mashed potatoes, roasted green beans, and tomatoes. It was super easy to prepare, and it tasted delicious. 
In addition to ready-to-eat meals, they have cold-pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, extra protein, veggie sides, and more. Head to factormeals.com slash switched50 and use code switched50 to get 50% off. That's code switched50 at factormeals.com slash switched50 to get 50% off. When you're an American Express Platinum card member, don't be surprised if you say things like, Chef, what course are we on? I've, I've lost count. Or, shoot that, shoot that! And even, checkout's not until four, so. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. So we've seen some of the reasons for the rise of the Swedish pop producer, a certain shyness from celebrity, a certain impulse for collective work, the productive mistranslation of English and the emphasis on sheer, the sheer musicality of lyrics over their sense, and uh, I think as well a healthy dose of genre agnosticism. Now, Mr. Seabrook was not quite convinced that you could pin down the Max Martin influence in any of his given tracks. Ah, uh, but we must try. We must try. And I think he did I think he did give us a good hint that a, a place to start would be the song Since You Been Gone by Kelly Clarkson, released in 2004 and produced by Max Martin and one of his many uh, protégés, Dr. Luke. This one really, I haven't heard this in a long time. It really holds up. Yeah. The song is, as as Seabrook tells us, the genesis was Max Martin and Dr. Luke listening to this song by the indie band, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, called Maps. Oh, good song. Right, and they're just loving the the verse and and the groove and the whole feel of the song. That super high energy, rock guitars, heavy percussion. Totally, and then Seabrook says the chorus comes in and Max Martin is just like, Oh, they totally missed their chance right. to just do this explosive, earth-shattering, face-melting chorus <laughs> and instead took it from level 5 to level 7. You know, they should have taken it from level 5 to level 22. <laughs> so they immediately go in the studio and start cooking up their version of the yeah, yeah, yeahs on steroids. Right. And originally, and the, the finished song, Since You've Been Gone, I think originally is supposed to go to Pink, but she passes on it. Oh. Then it's supposed to go to Hillary Duff, but she can't hit the high notes. Ooh, Hillary. So then it finally makes its way, sorry, Pache Hillary Duff, finally makes its way to Kelly Clarkson, who I guess is kind of skeptical of it at first, but mm. is convinced by by Max and Dr. Luke that this is going to be her, her breakout hit. Let's start at the chrysalis of this song, the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's tune, Maps. I love the intro to Maps because it's it's that sort of like Meg White style drumming. Right. Really raw, really real, in your face. Totally. It's not quantized and perfect. Up, I'm straight. These 
high jangly guitars, beautiful melody that just kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, big voice, just like really hits you in the gut. Okay, very cool. Now let's move over here to Since You've Been Gone, which again we know is sort of modeled after this Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song. The first thing I notice is that I'm getting those jangly guitars, but they start off a little bit more muted, like maybe they're going to build and go somewhere. Melody uh, is very similar in a lot of ways. A lot of space, right? Big space. She sings a phrase and then gives it a pause. Okay, now let's return to maps, and this time we'll get to the chorus. It's a nice chorus. Yeah, I totally agree. It's good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. I believe that's what they call damning with faint praise. <laughs> so, let's compare this Max Martin chorus. Whoa! <laughs> Boom in your face! Yeah. Wow. Let me let me just pick my face up off the floor real quick. Hold on. Let me get the mop. It's kind of melted. <laughs> I don't want to be the person comparing too closely maps and since you've been gone because I love maps. I love the AES and it's doing its own thing. It's not a pop song. It's not a pop song. No, no, no. Yeah. It's trying, it's working in its uh, completely its own artistic statement. So not bashing maps, but a great inspiration because this since you've been gone chorus just lifts you up into the heavens. It's amazing. I think we have a great case study here to look at because we have the source material and then we have Max Martin's produced epic. And we can start to ask, where has he left his fingerprints to create a pop masterpiece? Mm, exactly. We can go inside the mind of the master. I think one way that he transforms the song into a pop song, the production is a lot tighter and perhaps more nuanced than the yeah, yeah, yeahs. Right. They Their indie aesthetic is predicated on a very a feeling of, of liveness, in the studio, raw, on tape. Yeah, with all their flaws and, uh, and, and, and imprecisions, uh, Since You've Been Gone allows for, for no such deviations from the perfect pop formula. It's polished. It is polished. It is set to a click track. Every note is carefully groomed and auto-tuned and probably manipulated by a thousand engineers. Right. This is a pop Frankenstein beautiful monster. <laughs> okay, so we've got a, a cleaner production, a smoother airbrushed palette. What else? Lyrically, Martin and Dr. Luke have transformed maps into pure pop. Right. Because the ambiguity present in maps, the vagueness of the lyrics and the beautiful mystery of what this song is about... That won't fly in a pop song. No. You need to be pretty upfront about what's going on, and this song is as clear as day. Kelly Clarkson wasn't being treated well, but now she's free of this guy, and everything is great, baby. <laughs> the lyrics and the music match up beautifully. And it does so in a really wonderfully narrative way, moving from a sort of re retrospective, pensive verse into a celebratory chorus. One, one of the things I see as perhaps a signpost of, of Max Martin is taking 
this 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 narrative lyric and mapping on music that carries you from this low point up to a high point. Ah, totally right. Because we start in this very muted place. Right. With literally muted guitars. Yeah. And these short staccato uh, snippets of vocals. Yeah. A very low range, a very sparse texture. So at the end of the first and the second stanza in her in her lyrics, she says, since you've been gone. And she does it in a way where melodically it's going, yeah, yeah, since you've been gone. And there's this this openness, this like, since you've been gone. It's not closed. Right. You'd probably expect it to go, since you've been gone, or something like that. Right. That would be closed. It's like, since you've been gone, relationship over, nothing more to say here. When she says, since you've been gone in the verse, there's something very sort of indecisive about it, right? Because the harmony moves to a minor chord. And her vocal moves to the third of our home key. Yeah, so you're not so, you're not totally sure how to read that line since you've been gone in the verse, right? Mm. Is it is it good? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? It's hard to say because it's not very definite. So he starts us off with this really simple material. It feels a little muted. She's reflecting about a past relationship. Where is that taking us? The melody rockets up to a whole new, a sort of stratospheric range. That note that poor Hillary couldn't hear. I'm so sorry. And we, and at the end of the chorus, certainly we finally get that resolution. Right. The melody, the since you've been gone, that in the verse was ending on this uncertain place of the third, finally ends in the place where we want it to, the place that gives us closure and finality, the root. Since you've been gone. Ah, the closure. Yeah, so now we know what kind of gone we're dealing with here. We're dealing with the good gone, not the bad gone. What we're trying to look for here are these these fingerprints of Max Martin, right? And what I'm hearing is just this like old school style of perfectly tying together harmony and melody to string you along through a narrative of a song such that when you get that chorus and you end that chorus, you just feel like you've ended on a high point. Yeah, absolutely. Something you said uh, at the outset that might be a stamp of Max Martin's is this sense of narrative that he's able to capture in both music and lyrics that you're on the you're on this this journey this this story and there's something really captivating about it whether it's a story as simple as hit me baby one more time yeah or as sort of beautiful and nuanced as blank space either way once he grabs you you really have to hear how this song is going to end and one other thing that I think Seabrook beautifully adumbrated for us is this sense of negative space hmm. that he's able to use, right? In the mm. in the verse of this Kelly Clarkson song, there's a lot of silence, which is not something you usually hear 
in a pop song. You know, in a pop song, you often want to have as much sort of density as possible. Mm, he knows how to let his songs breathe. Exactly. Yeah. He's learned to breathe for the first time. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, my gosh. Look at that. Talk about intentionality. <laughs> Learning how to breathe, giving space to this. I, I didn't even see that until now. Yeah, that's, that's why he's a genius, Charlie. So what have we said? He lets things breathe. He's got narrative continuity. He's a great melody writer. Do you think we can find these things in his other songs? I think we got to try. I've got one for you. Ooh, this is exciting. <laughs> I'd like to hit you, baby, one more time. But instead, I'm going to, oops, I did it again. I'm sorry. That was just terrible. Well, we both have a lot to apologize for today. <laughs> okay. So Nate, here's what I want you to do with me. I just want to listen a little bit to the chorus, and I want to see if you can hear what I'm hearing. Because I, th I think we're hearing some of that Max Martin. Just the first line, oops, I did it again. Yeah. What are you hearing there? Oops, I did it again. I'm hearing this minor phrase that really nicely maps on to the rhythm of the, the lyric. That's a little curious for me, right? I said we were landing on the chorus, and you said, I'm hearing a minor phrase. Feels a little strange. Oops, I did it again is not some sort of dramatic ballad. We're not talking Adele here. This was a uh, big pop dance song, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so he's starting in a minor place in a chorus. I think that's not very typical, especially in 90s pop. Yeah, definitely a little odd. I must ask you, why has he done this? And to give you a hint, think about the next phrase. I played with your heart. What happens there? Played with your heart. Ooh, it sounds like we're moving. I'm not sure if we're still in minor anymore. No, we've moved to the relative major. And oh. just, you know, not to be too wonky here, but basically every key has a major and minor relative. He starts in the minor relative. Moves to the major relative. So why has he done this? Talking about intentionality in songwriting. I played with your heart. Yes. So this is like kind of m mimicking this, this game that she's playing. Exactly. Because you start in the minor, oops, I did it again. Almost feels like, oh, I'm sad, I'm sorry. I can't believe I, you know, I, I screwed up. Yeah. And then I played with your heart. They twist the chords into the major. So she's just as we're playing with this this sort of harmonic ambiguity, are we major, are we minor, she's playing with our heart. She's kind of a psychopath in this song. Well, we should be honest. This is Max Martin here anyway, so we should be saying he. Right. He's the mad one. Yeah, I see how this is a very Martin-esque move here. Right. Because we have this lyric that is totally supported in the story it's telling by these really rapid fire and clever musical changes. This song is working very effectively. He's built the narrative right into the music. Maybe you can't point to one sound or one chord no. or one lyric and say, oh, that's what gives it away that it's Max Martin. It's something more holistic it's the way he constructs these songs to be these perfectly captivating musical and lyrical stories. Hack up. I'm straight. 
Nate, when you were going hunting for Max Martin in your interview with John Seabrook. I prefer fishing for Max Martin, but please continue. I guess that makes sense off in the, in the Nordic Seas. Ice fishing for Max Martin. On your ice fishing trip for Max Martin, you talked about Swedish lyrics. Yes, yes. This is probably could do a whole episode on these. And just a few weeks ago, I got to do a live episode of Switched on Pop in Los Angeles. I'm sorry you couldn't be there. Very sad. But I had our friend, comedian, and radio host, Chris Duffy, who does the show You're the Expert on WBUR. Great show. Definitely check it out. I had him sort of as my foil for you. He was your sit-in. I accept. And my question to him, as a non-musician, as someone who considers himself a novice to pop, my question was, name that song, name what's wrong. So I thought we could all play a little game, go back to that live episode, and see if we can identify these brilliant Swedish pop songs, what they're doing well, but where something in the lyrics is just a little bit off. <laughs> okay, let's do it. So, Chris, you did this great joke on idioms mm-hmm. and uh, ways in which uh, things can be mistranslated. In, in English, you say, he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. In Swedish, you say, he slid in on a shrimp sandwich. Amazing! <laughs> <laughs> I love that! Like, I would never want someone to say, Chris was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. But I would love for them to be like, like he is a shrimp surfer. Surfing through life on a shrimp. I love that! My favorite one of your jokes was about the Swedish idiom sliding in on a shrimp sandwich, which is just beautiful. And um, it turns out the Swedes have actually taken over pop music. And um, as as good as these these Swedish uh, songwriters are, oftentimes, um, while the music is great, lyrically, eh, you know, it's like... They're they're missing a few items. So I want to play a game with you. We're going to call Name That Song, Name What's Wrong. Oh, I love this. So in each case, we have a a song either written or sung by a Swedish artist. Okay. I will both read the lyrics to you and play the song. Is this going to be the kind of thing where like, I play this game and then Swedish people ban me from visiting their country? (laughs) It feels like this might be like... On the line, but we'll, I'm going to we'll, do it we'll no matter what. We'll be equally banned. We'll go, sure, to, we'll go to Norway together. I mean, it's a really expensive country anyway. I probably wasn't going to be able to afford getting there. Yeah. Okay. so They've effectively <laughs> banned me anyway. <laughs> so okay. um, I'll, I'll read you a lyric, and I'll even play you a clip. Sure. And my understanding is your pop background is... Very limited. Okay, great. Yeah. So we might need some audience participation. I, I, I'm going to try to set you I, up for success. I have low expectations for myself. Okay. So I've already exceeded them by not crying, so it's great. <laughs> so here, here's your lyric. Did you have to do this? I was thinking that you could be trusted. Did you have to ruin what was shiny? Now it's all rusted. Oh. Did you have to do this? I was thinking that you could be trusted. Did you have to ruin what was shiny? Now it's all rusted. You look very confident. Well, I know that it's Taylor Swift. <laughs> okay, great. I'm great, certain yeah. that it's Taylor Swift. Um, okay, is this all you had to do was stay? It's called Bad Blood. Bad Blood. That's all right. But, but that's okay. the lyric? Is that the lyric in it? No? Now we have bad. It's a different song by her. <laughs> okay, it's on the album 1989. So I got like, yeah, if, yeah. if this was in iTunes, I have like two out of three of the listing, right? Yeah, you know, de- definitely. You're doing well. Okay, okay but, but, but what's wrong with the song? Uh, one is she's describing a relationship as rusted, but it's not made of iron. <laughs> um... <laughs> the other is, uh, well, that's a pretty big one for me. Can you read it to me one more time? Yes. So I'll give you a hint. Sure. Did 
you have to do this. I was thinking that you could have been trusted. Yeah, could have been trusted is a strange formation, right? So, I was thinking that you, I guess that's kind of So correct. I think the whole thing is that the emphasis is on the wrong syllable. Oh, yes. Right, and here again, it, it sort of feels as if someone wrote lyrics in Swedish, and mm -hmm. then they're like, okay, now we've got to translate it again, and okay, English, but the rhythm is completely wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so we'll move on. Okay. Um, okay, we're again in the modern era. Sure. And um, this might be a little bit more difficult. I think the lyrics are very clear in this, sound, in this example, so I'm not going to read them to you. Um, we're going to try to guess the song and figure out what's, what's wrong with this lyric. Okay. Bodies, a baby making bodies we just use for fun. Bodies, let's use them up till every little piece is gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like out of a serial killer's diary. <laughs> <laughs> bodies use them up till they're in little pieces come is a, is a terrifying thing but I, it yeah. also sounds like maybe they meant to use the word babies no it's definitely bodies no 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 I understand but like yeah. maybe it would have been like babies let's make babies would have been like less creepy here although yeah. little pieces of go. babies is still bad yeah. yeah there's no way it doesn't get weird yeah no. okay do you know the song uh no no Yes, Tovlo, Talking Body. Talking Body. I, I've never heard, Tovlo sounds like a kitchen manufacturing company. <laughs> I've never heard that song. The lyric after the after that is not quite appropriate for okay. uh, the radio. So yeah, yeah, we we try, we try to keep the explicit off of our off of, off of our podcast. Good job. Okay, so I, I think what's going on here is um, they're trying to find a a, a English cliche, mm -hmm. and in this case, let's write a song about sex. Yeah. Um, but it sounds. We, we were talking the other day about how. Um, what it's like if an alien were to describe what's going on in a scene. Yeah. And it feels like an alien sort of hovering over and trying to describe two people yeah. having Bo casual sex. Bodies rubbing, <laughs> bodies making pieces. Yeah. <laughs> that Bo definitely yeah. feels like that. Yeah. Bodies yeah. are baby making bodies. We baby, just use baby for fun. Baby making bodies, yeah, use so. it for fun. <laughs> yeah. I so see that. Poor, that definitely poor, feels poor translation. Right. Yeah. Okay. I think your analysis was correct. Thank you. Thank you. That's also the thing that like a robot alien would say. Kind of, okay. We can keep going. I think your analysis is correct. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't think you're going to get this one. I I'm sh based on my track record, that's a safe bet. So this one So was far, the only one I got was literally the most famous artist in the world. <laughs> and I only got her name. So this one was really big yeah. in, in the clubs in about 2013, and I know that... And I was it, big in the clubs in 2013, I, too. Exactly. Yeah. So this probably is so good you might, me. So you might stand a chance. Yeah, yeah. That was my, that was my big club year. If you can remember. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll read this one to you again. Okay. This one's a little bit longer. I got this feeling on the summer day when you were gone. I crashed my car into the bridge. I watched it. I let it burn. I threw your into a bag and push it down the stairs. I crashed my car into the bridge. I got this feeling on the summer day when you were gone. I crashed my car into the bridge. I watched, I let it burn. I threw your stuff into a bag and pushed it down the stairs. I crashed my car into the bridge. I don't care. You got it or something? I want it? <laughs> I don't so care. Close. You got it. <laughs> 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 Audience? <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I want it. I love it. You know. Yeah. There's a lot of. You I, have no idea who the listen, artist in the, is. In, when I was in the club, so many fans were talking to me. It's so hard. <laughs> it's so hard. Right. People were like, 
I'm like, I'm just trying to listen to the lyrics. But, but you have no idea who wrote yeah. this, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, uh, wait. Uh, is this like tattoo? Like that uh, T-A-T-U, like those Russian girls? You know what I'm talking about? No. You don't know what, you know what I'm talking about. I know what about. you're talking okay. about. But it's, it's not the, them? No. Because, uh, because it's Swedish. Song. Oh, it's Swedish. Yeah. Uh, is it Bjork? <laughs> also not Swedish. She's not Swedish. Uh, <laughs> ABBA? I don't know. ABBA, ABBA is Swedish, but okay. they haven't been around for about 30 okay. years. Okay, uh, does anybody it, know who wrote the this song? Manufacturers of Volvo? It's Icona Pop. Icona Pop? Yeah. Featuring anybody? Charlie what? XEX, yes. Charlie XEX. Yes. Oh, yeah, that always feels like a Super Bowl commercial thing <laughs> to me, right? Like, I'm like, why is she using Roman numerals? Yeah. <laughs> I guess she's not. Or so, is it a he? I don't even know. Okay, so, okay, so Icona Pop. Featuring Charlie XCX. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Great. This so, is like, I almost feel like at the end of this, the reveal is going to be like, I take off a mask and I'm an 80-year-old man. <laughs> and like, well, of course I don't know young people's music. I still listen on this hand crank radio. <laughs> well, maybe you can use your 80-year-old wisdom to tell us sure. what's wrong about this song. Okay. Though. Yeah. Um, well, I think there's something definitely weird about the verb pushed. Like, she put your shit into a bag and then pushed it down the stairs? Like, Why? Why, I feel like if it's heavy enough that you need to push it, it's probably going in a box, not a bag. <laughs> a bag is getting thrown. There's, that's definitely a logistical problem there. For sure. Uh, but then it's also like, why does she love it if all this bad stuff is happening? But that wasn't there. Um, I don't know. Okay. Okay. Is there anything going right about the song for you? I mean, I think the song is great. I, I agree. Like, the music is great. That's going right. But you mean the lyrics on there. Uh, let's see. I guess it's hard to crash into a bridge. You probably crash off a bridge. Yeah, that's a, yeah. Good, that's a really into good a point. bridge is like you drove, you T-boned the bridge, <laughs> which is that's like very a, challenging. That's a low bridge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nate, I've actually got one more uh, lyric just for you. How exciting! I want to go actually back to what we were talking about earlier with Oops, I Did It Again. A classic. We already know the song, so we can't name that song. But I want to see if you can name what's wrong, or at least a little bit off. Oh, baby. Oh, baby, it might seem like a crush. It might seem like a crush. It that I'm serious. But it doesn't mean that I'm serious. Because to lose all my senses... That is just so typically me, oh baby, baby. Lose all my senses? That's not a phrase. I think lose all my senses is a phrase, and I think there is something wrong with that as well because I think it plays into the trope of female hysteria. I actually think that that is wrong by playing into stereotype. But I think that there's uh, another thing wrong here as well. I must be part Swedish because I'm not seeing the... All right, let me see it. Let me give you one more little hint. It might seem like a crush, but it doesn't mean that I'm serious. It might seem like a crush... But it doesn't mean that but I'm... it doesn't mean that I'm serious. Oh, yeah, because that doesn't make any sense. Crush and serious don't rhyme, but she sings it serious as if to rhyme with crush. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't quite work. See, it, it's it's so off that when I read it, you can't even get it. Well, I have I have one for you, Charlie. What do you got? This is, I think, my all-time favorite Swedish lyric from the Backstreet Boys, We've Got It Going On. Yeah. Charlie, I keep it ruthless when I get wet. (laughs) Yeah, just meditate on that for a second. I'm just really afraid of saying something completely inappropriate, but I think it actually doesn't mean anything. 
keep it ruthless when I get wet. Or it could be like free jazz. Like, uh, keep it ruthless when I get wet. I got the crazy wild and static. <laughs> can I, can I, can I uh, just jump in? So are you saying that maybe if we're looking for the Max Martin calling card, we should also be looking for lyrics that are just completely ridiculous? I, I'm, I mean, I think he's sort of wised up at this point. Okay. But, uh, but I'm sh- that's got to be a giveaway. Which is why we've created a Spotify playlist of all 21 of Max Martin's number one hits over the years and listen to these songs and see if there's not some invisible through line connecting them. Mm. We can mm. continue to pick apart the hidden craft of Max Martin. Today's show was produced and edited by me, Charlie. And me, Nate. And our logo was designed by... Luke Harris. Check out his work at LukeHarris.com. Big thanks to the great John Seabrook. Definitely check out his book, The Song Machine, Inside the Hit Factory. And thanks, of course, to Chris Duffy for performing together. You should all check out his show, You're the Expert. It's on iTunes and any other place that you get your podcast. It will make you laugh. It will make you smarter. And we'll be back in two weeks. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Support for this show came from Factor. You don't need me to tell you that finding nourishing food that actually tastes good can be easier said than done. Factor might be able to help. With Factor, you can get fresh, never frozen, chef crafted, and dietitian approved meals sent right to your home, ready to go in just two minutes. Factor provides no prep, no mess meals. That means no cooking or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash switched50 and use code switched50 to get 50% off. That's code switched50 at factormeals.com slash switched50 to get 50% off. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply.